Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and join with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow, down there in Kentucky. Talk to me, Goose. What's going on, Maverick? How we doing? Oh, you know, you know your role. All right, I got it. I know. I, I know where I'm at. Uh, everything's good. Uh, what's shaking down there in Kentucky? Oh yeah. So football season is upon us. Um, Mason's team is uh, two wins, no losses. Uh, they destroyed the team yesterday. Um, I think they mercy ruled them, which I find to be hilarious. Um, and then Turner, we're we're one win, two losses. Um, but you know, for for a group of kids, it's not most of them. This is their first year playing. Like you can't you can't ask for a better uh, a better experience. Um, Turner got us. His first sack this weekend. That was exciting. A little smack talk after it, like he knew what he was doing. I was like, buddy, he. <laughs> it was awesome. That's all I'm going to say. Look at Lil LT. Yeah. Well, he, he prefers Frank Clark, but uh, one day he'll learn about Jesus and he'll, he'll, he'll stop rooting for the Chiefs. <laughs> um, but uh, also, he caused a, he caused a pretty big fumble in his first game this weekend. So that was fun. Uh, so not, not bad. And then on uh, a bougie note, if you will, uh, Dr. Wife accompanied me to the emergency services uh, gala this weekend. Um, we went and hung out with a bunch of, you know, first responders and uh, law enforcement, all of that good stuff. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I actually won a $10 gift card. Um, to Beef O'Brady's, which is one of my favorite restaurants here, because they have <laughs> they have a good wing wing sauce that I like. But uh, uh, and I say I won. Um, I picked the right seat at my table. Every every table had a gift card under one of the you know the plates that are they're not the plate, but it's the plate for your plate. If that the, makes sense, the, what I are they called? A, I believe it's called a charger. See, I'm not that bougie to know what that's called. I just call it my uh, my plates plate uh, because I'm fancy here. Okay, <laughs> my plate needs a plate, um, and so I sat down, and the whole table was like, "Oh, why did you sit there?" And I was like, "Because you told me this was my table." And they're like, "Yeah, but if you didn't sit there, nobody sat there. We're all gonna fight over the gift card." And I was like, "What? What? What are you talking about?" Well, there's a gift card under your plate, and I was like, "Well, now there's a gift card in my pocket." <laughs> Try it. I'm go- I'm gonna go get some of that wing sauce. Daddy's going to get some wings at some point this week, folks. Um, but no, it was fun. Um, sometime off air, I've got a couple stories. Uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna just, build that Patreon wall. <laughs> yeah, because this cannot be uh, not for the free site. Um, I have so many thoughts. Um. One of them being, uh, you know, so please, please understand that there's a lot of, a lot of like jest and humor in what I'm about to say, Uh, but maybe, maybe a schmitch of truth. Um, Looking at who the police are in this town, uh, at least who came to the gala um, of the police officers and firefighters, um, I just want to know who signs them out of school to come to work the day shift <laughs> because my goodness, dude, like, and when did giving 12 year olds, um, 
firearms. When did that become okay? <laughs> and then I think I think the most turned up my table got was when they started playing 90s rap music. I have a co-worker whom I love dearly, but he is a crotchety old man. And he just, what kind of music is this? This, what, 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 what is this? Why are we, you can't even understand them. What are we doing here? And then all of a sudden, Van Elias comes on. He's like, finally, something good. <laughs> I was like, old man, go sit in the corner. But yeah, you're right. It was good music. <laughs> it's the story of your life being That's surrounded right. by old men. Like I, I wanted to make fun of him, but in my head, I'm like, you know, he makes a valid point for all of this. <laughs> so, God love him. But uh, what's going on with you? Well, it's just been busy. Uh, a lot of events at church, but because I don't live in America, I've been forced to buy an electric smoker <laughs> because I can't have a any kind of propane or charcoal or wood. I need you to know the amount of confusion that went through my head when you said that, because I didn't know where you were going with it. I don't live in America. I got to pay for shopping bags if they even have them. But I broke down. I, I was morally opposed to an electric smoker, but I broke down. But I made sure mine clearly is an analog electric smoker, so I don't have to use an app or anything. And I had my first run with it tonight, and I'm uh, pleasantly pleased. And I'm very grateful to the fine folks at Cabela's, the little piece of America still left where I live, who helped me pick out this fine unit. So um, I've got a brisket ready to go at four in the morning tomorrow. So I'm, I'm at a baby. full bloom. At a baby. At a baby. You know, so I've got I've got, I'm throwing something on the smoker tomorrow morning myself. So uh, dinner will be good. Dinner will be good. Oh, I'm out of water. That's a sad day. <laughs> well, Andy, speaking of uh, I don't know what the segue is going to use. Speaking of living in America, because you you live in a little bit more of America than I do. Why don't you tell us about the fine blacksmith merchandise? From St. Galgano Armory. I would love to, but before we do that, can we just save that small snit bit of a clip? Uh, because that's going to win us an Emmy right there, my friends. Uh, I forgot I forgot the transition, but you you know what I was thinking. <laughs> like, what, do we, what are we doing? Podcast that's... Hall of Fame, baby. Podcast Hall of Fame. First ballad. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. St. Galgano Armory. What's up? Uh, St. Gogano Armor is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gogano himself, each item a work of art, and crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Gogano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount, and that's why they use the finest materials and take pride in their craftsmanship. Products are not only beautiful, but they're also functional. So whatever your needs are, St. Galgano's got you covered. I encourage you to go check out their Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. You can also see them on the social medias uh, with the uh, the name St. Galgano. Uh, so go give them a look. I do have some insider baseball about our friends at St. Galgano. He is um, soon. I don't exactly know when, but it's coming up. He's entering uh, some contests. 
uh, where he's got to make a dagger and some other stuff. So uh, he's pretty pretty pumped about that. He's he's posted pictures on his Instagram lately of some of the materials he's going to be using. And uh, I'm pretty excited to to see where this is going. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah he he's got uh, he's got contacts all over the world with this stuff. Like I was I was shocked to hear about how connected he is and how how much time he actually puts. Not that, and that sounds bad. Um, so I know that he puts the time in for the stuff that he sells, right? But like the time that he has to put into these these competitions and the planning and. He doesn't just go out and start beating on a piece of metal and like, oh, look what this can do. Because that's what I well, that's what I would do. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's what I did. I he just threw something in this really hot thing he calls a forge, and it was like hit it like it owes you money. And I was like, I can do that. But like, there's there's so much time and preparation that that comes into this, and it's really truly a work of art. Uh so, you know, follow, definitely go give him a follow on Instagram, you know, follow the progress that he's making on this, uh, this challenge that he's going to be in. I know he's excited. I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, uh, you know, just go, go support our buddy. Yeah. So check him out. Etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. I'll tell you, I know also that, you know, we, it's been a while since we've done this, we've been off track. So that's probably why I messed up that. That segue, you know, we've been living a decadent life uh, surrounded and swimming in blacksmith apparel and all the decadence (laughs) that comes with that. (laughs) So it's taken us off target. Uh, But, you know, I do, uh, you know, I jokingly say, and and it's, and I mean it, go check out our buddy uh, and support him. Um, Not only are are Chad and I best friends, right? Like I thought we had an episode all about friendship and best friends and all that. And so uh, you guys know the relationship that Chad and I have uh, Keith and I and Keith and Chad and, and the three of us, we are, we're pretty close. You know, we know each other. We, we talk on the regular shoot. I work, my office is right next door uh, to Mr. St. Gangano himself. Um, Haven't so, you been labeled as St. Gangano Jr. In the office? Yeah, so there uh, this past week on Friday, actually, um, I still, because I'm considered uh, on my probationary period until uh, the 1st of September, um, I, I, they won't order me a nameplate. I'm not a real boy. Uh, it's like grade school all over again. Um, for some of you that don't know that joke, just hang with me. It'll come out eventually. Um, but I look up at my nameplate and there's a nameplate there and it uh, it's Keith's nameplate. Evidently, he has two, and he thought it would be funny to put his nameplate uh, in my nameplate spot. And then he put a a uh, what's it, a sticky note, a posted note on there with the word "Junior" on it. So it said uh, Keith Tensing Junior. on my door, and I just left it. I'm going to leave it up there until until I'm told to take it down, or until I get my own. So I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. Uh, to the point that I'm trying to talk Doctor Wife into letting me shave my head bald like Mister Tensing. Um, and then I'm just going to come in and be like, dad, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, on that note, Andy, um, just been thinking, you know, politics are definitely in the air, right? The, I think the, the 2024 election season has begun or, well, it's begun a long time ago. Uh, it's going to be a long, whatever, 15 Thanks. months. Until election, election season, day. election season is going full swing in Kentucky. We have to elect the new goober, 
not a goober, a governor. It's a gubernatorial election. So you have to elect a new governor. So that's that's fun. So I, I get it. I mean, the election season is in is in full swing. So Andy, let's the uh, should Christians run for political office? And and I'm gonna that. I'm gonna say this, not these politicians who be like, Oh yeah, I, I go to church. I, I'm a I'm a Christian because it, it basically equates to evangelical. <laughs> I gave up sex to be block. here at this to be here at this prayer breakfast. That's right, with my with my living boyfriend. What are we um, doing? But I, I was thinking, but when I thought about this topic, there's a there's a pastor in Oklahoma, Dusty Devers. Um, Dusty's SBC. He's a he's a solid dude. If you want to follow him on Twitter, I think that that's a good follow. But he's announced his candidacy to run for state senate in Oklahoma. Um, primarily, I, I I don't think he's just a one issue candidate, but I know he is uh, very strong in the abortion abolitionist movement, and that's something that he's really desired to see abortion eradicated, not just in the nation, but definitely in Oklahoma and his home state. And it really got me thinking is should Christians run for political office? And I think there's a biblical mandate for this, but what do you think? I I think it depends on who you ask. Uh, I mean, we, we definitely have mutual friends that uh, have come out and said that they don't believe that you can be a Christian and run for office. Um, and I think for a small period of time, I, I felt that way. Um, I don't, I, I probably should have thought more about this because I knew this is what we we're talking about. Um, well, I think about this, right? Scripture. I don't know where I stand on this really. I mean, I have, I have opinions. Sure. And all opinions day long. And, yeah. and I think that, my opinions put me all over the place and, and we'll suss those out here in just a second, but go ahead and say what you're going to say. Well, I think in Matthew five, right? Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything, but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So, I mean, Scripture calls, Jesus calls us to be the salt and light in the world. and, And so shouldn't we as Christians be actively involved in shaping the culture and policies of of the nation right and, and start in our county over country but shouldn't we be called to be actively involved in shaping the culture and policies of of our county first for the better no and i i wholeheartedly agree with that um i don't know if that means we run for political office though um well it's not working being the said, other way around well no yeah, <laughs> yeah chad i know I mean, don't get me wrong. I had I had thought when we were in Terre Haute, I had considered heavily um, about trying to run for school board, right? Because uh, unfortunately, those are political offices. Uh, they are nonpartisan, supposedly, um, but you can look really from a very far view, and you'll know which party where the party lines are drawn. Well, um, I, I think the one thing I've learned is that nonpartisan elections are the most partisan. You know, the oh, Denver, ass. Denver, Colorado, the mayor, the mayor, the mayoral election is nonpartisan. It's just 
It's just different. It goes from I'm a Democrat all the way to communist on the left side. Like it is blatantly obvious. Yeah, it's so nonpartisan. It's partisan. Um, no, so so here, let's let's look at it this way real quick. Um, I have a hard time with politics and religion mixing um, because I think when you accept Christ uh, as your savior, and I don't know how I feel about that phrase, but at least you know what I'm talking about. Uh, when you accept Christ as your savior, when you uh, choose to follow him over all things, I think we renounce our citizenship. Um, not to the point that I'm going to the courthouse and I'm renouncing my citizenship and I'm going to lose my job and my right to carry and, and all this other stuff. But my priorities become different and my priorities become kingdom priorities, not um, American priorities and not sure European Europeans on a country that's continent and you idiot um not English priorities not Canadian priorities or wherever it is that you're listening to this dumpster fire of a podcast but it's kingdom and so I think it benefits the kingdom to have Christian policies in place right uh, I don't see how it benefits the kingdom to allow abortion I don't see how it benefits the kingdom to do a lot of other things that go on in America. So does it benefit the kingdom that that I, as a Christian, uh, run, whether it be a Democrat or Republican ticket, um, for, for mayor, for state senate, for city council, for U.S. Senate, Congress, for president? Uh, maybe. Maybe, but I think too many of our politicians are bought and paid for, to use a phrase from last week's presidential debate, GOP debate. Um, I think too many of our politicians are bought and paid for, whether they realize it or not. Uh, and you can't you can't tell me that they don't realize it, but let's give some of them the benefit. Um, on both sides of the aisle, not just the GOP and not just the DNC, it's, it's every aspect. Independents are bought and paid for. Um, and so uh, I think the running joke is I think senators and politicians in general should have to wear suits like NASCAR drivers that has all of their sponsors on it. Right. So, you know, who's actually voting. Um, so if it is, if you're going to do kingdom work and I, let me throw that out there, biblical kingdom work, cause I think there's some, some ways that um, as pastors, and churchgoers and leaders, we're not doing biblical work. Uh, we're there's the Jesus way and there's a third way. Um, and so, if we're not doing it the Jesus way, I don't think we're doing kingdom work. You can tell me you're doing kingdom work, um, but uh, my pastor made a very definitive statement today, um, and we like to to say, "Well, God is love, so we have to accept everything because love is love is love is love." Um, and no, no, God is love, but God's love is perfect, right? And He Amen. shows it, and He shows us what that love looks like. And I think for generations, I don't want to just blame the the current generation, and and really, I, you could blame a lot of it on my generation. Um, we've bastardized what? Can I use that word on this podcast? Yes. Good, because I don't think it's the first time I've used it. 
um, we've bastardized what love is. Um, and so we just want to, you know, I'm in love with this tree and you have to accept it. Sure. God, God will say it's okay. Uh, no, no, that's weird. Cut it down, make some paper. Let's, you know, let's start a campfire. And so I think if, and then this has been the long circle around to say, if it is beneficial to the kingdom, then I'm all for it. But if we're doing it for other reasons than legit kingdom work, uh, that's an issue. Well, and I think that's, the, the, you make a valid point, right? And I think you answer that question because shouldn't we strive for leaders, for elected leaders who are guided by moral integrity and a biblical worldview? And the only way we're going to get that as voters, as constituents, is if we truly, if we truly have Christians who are running for political office, not not folks who are saying I'm I'm this to get a voting block, um, you know, and and well, I, I think that's what that's what annoys me, um, is you have these GOP members who are like, oh, I, I love Jesus and this and that, and well, then, I think it's both sides. Yeah, we have a president oh, no, who's a professed I, Catholic. Look, I, I you interrupted me way too soon, <laughs> um, because I'm coming after the other side too. Um, you know, you have, oh yeah, I love G what's, you know, I took the shot earlier, uh, where, uh, the GOP lady was like, yeah, I, I skipped having sex with my live-in partner whom we're not married uh, uh, to come to this prayer breakfast. Congresswoman uh, so look at, from South Carolina. Yeah. Look at me at how, how godly I am because I'm, I chose not to have sex today. Um, and I came here to pray, but look at me. Well, there's so much wrong with that statement. Let's look at the obvious. Um, why why are you having sex with your live-in partner that you're not married with? Uh, and then and then two, I believe Jesus called people out for praying in the streets to get to get looks, right? To get views. Well, uh, and, and then the interesting thing about that though is I don't know if you realize, like she said that in front of one of the presidential candidates. In front of oh, Tim absolutely. Scott, who is the host of that breakfast, and bo- and her pastor, who and is in neither, the audience, neither one of them said anything about it until no. until others started mocking her, and then it was like, oh god, we got to issue a statement, and oh, you need to apologize. Uh, but it doesn't stop with the GOP. Let's go to the let's go to the other side. Let's go to the left, and oh yeah, I love Jesus and this and that. But look at the policies that we're pushing. You know, when when there are, are people pushing for late-term abortions, show me how that's biblical. Show me how that is helping the kingdom. Like, you want to pander to get Christians to vote for you because we actually vote. But you can't show me how you're helping the kingdom. I don't know that I want my name attached to you. Hmm. And I know that voting is private, right? You don't have to, you don't have to reveal how you vote. Uh, but sometimes I wish we we did. Oh, I can guess pretty well. Oh no, I I can guess with most people as well. But I but you never know for sure, right? It might shock you to know who I voted for in the last however many elections I've been able. To, how many elections have I been able to vote in presidential? Uh, Bush's second term was my first one. If you Bush, Obama, if you Obama, DM me. On Twitter, I will tell you who Andy voted for in the last election. False. Uh, 
I can tell you that I regret every day my vote, um, but I could back it up at the time. Um, but it would be, I, th- I think you'd probably be shocked to know from Bush's second election, uh, W, up until now, like I- I've never voted straight ticket in my life. Um, and there are times that I've questioned whether or not I should even vote um, as a Christian, because again, I kind of renounce that citizenship. Um, I catch a lot of flack because I don't participate in the Pledge of Allegiance. I remember subbing in Terre Haute, um, and every day they would stand up and do the pledge, and I would stand, and my hands would be in my pocket, and I'd look at the floor, and all of a sudden I had a student chastise me because I didn't love America, and I should move to China. Oh, I and love I, that kid. Can we have I, him on the podcast? No, because I'm pretty sure he's in juvie now. But I just kind of sat there for a second, and then I giggled. And I, my my only response to him was, I, I do like Chinese food. <laughs> um, That was a, a whole, a whole, that was the last time I subbed for an English class, too. Um, That's not the reason I stopped subbing for the English class. I think it's my lack of knowledge of the English language, but that's not the point. But I, you know, again, it goes back to the, are we benefiting the kingdom? And I think right now, if you look at our, at the majority of politicians who claim to be Christian and you were to weigh it out, I don't know that a good chunk of what they've done has benefited the kingdom. And if you're not benefiting the kingdom, you're hurting the kingdom. Well, and aren't we entrusted, right? Genesis one twenty eight says that we're entrusted with the responsibility of exercising dominion over the earth. So do you Absolutely. think this dominion can extend to the realm of politics and governance as part of our overall stewardship? No, I absolutely believe it does. And I, I and I know where you're going with this, um, which then makes me giggle because I know how some other people that we know are going to react. Um so there's that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think it. I think it absolutely does. I think that we are. We should. I think that we're called to again. And I'm going to steal some thunder from you because that's what I do. Since you're throwing my voting record under the bus, um, I didn't say anything. I said it was for a price. <laughs> they have to DM me first, and we barter. No, I believe it was you. Just you just offered for a DM. There was no price. Well, the, the the barter the the bargaining starts when they DM me. Then I'll say for five dollars. Well, I'll no, tell in, you in the most political voice that I have, do I get a cut of that money? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but uh, to steal some of your thunder that you're that I'm sure you're going to come come with pretty quick. Like we're called to make disciples. Amen. We're called to to go and and spread the gospel, um, and and you know I think we are all fully aware that spreading the gospel doesn't necessarily mean what we you know we're not called to Bible thump people. Although some days some people need that, but I think you can share the gospel with policies and with your votes and with the actions that you take. And so we may not vote the same, uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to treat me any less. And, and so, 
I think, yeah, maybe maybe we are called to somehow be in politics. Um, but you you it's it's a slippery slope. It can be, uh, absolutely. And and you have to be intentional. Right. So I don't so, remember if we actually had the episode or if we just talked about this, but like it when it comes to relationships, like marriage and things like that, everything has to be intentional. Men, you have to intentionally love your wives, right? There, you have to intentionally let your wife know that you love her. Uh, you can't take a reserve seat in that. And I think just the same if you were going to be a Christian politician, it has to be intentional. You can't let you can't compromise your integrity and your faith for. A, a, a lobbyist right you can't compromise your integrity and your faith because the party that you get elected on is trying to whip whip their party into shape for votes there are going to be times that you're going to stand against your party let's let's be honest right so how do you maintain that like even as voters like how do we maintain a balance between principled conviction right between trusting and obeying God's word and a willingness to compromise for the greater good. I mean, I think we see this in pulpits, even as pastors, we see guys who soften God's word to not lose butts in the seat. Oh, absolutely. And I think politically I suck at it. Let's be honest. Let's just go ahead. I didn't vote for Trump in the last election because I, I didn't like the way he treated people. And somehow I thought maybe the other guy would figure things out. And here we are three years later, and I'm like, yeah, that was stupid. Right? So save Dang, your five bucks. You foiled save, my side hustle. Save your save your five bucks. Trust me, there are other things you can buy from Chad <laughs> to get dirt on me. Um, that was all I had. You ruined my side well, hustle. There's so much more, if you just think. So... Uh, but yeah, and and so you can't compromise on things. And so and I, I did. I'll be blatantly honest with you. I compromised um, with the way that, that one party treated everybody versus the way the other party treated. And, you know, again, I had, I had people in my ear, um, different supposed Christian organizations um, and leaders of that in my ear and, and, you know, had me questioning the way that I thought for a little bit. Um, well, since we're in full disclosure mode, I have no allegiance to either party. And I voted for, I didn't vote for either of those gentlemen who ran. I didn't vote for Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Well, in 16, I didn't vote for either major party candidate. I voted for a third party because he faked a heart attack on stage. And I thought that was hilarious. And I thought, you know what? He's got mine. (laughs) full disclosure that's how serious i take my voting sometimes so um, i got a question for you though and and i'm not trying to put you under the bus or in the hot seat but you served in a church where one of your elders was a politician i i can't remember if he ever actually held an office or he ran for office but how did you see him balance that i remember him running but i couldn't remember if he actually ever won so both him and his wife are both in leadership one is an elder one is a deacon it's a whole different podcast um and and they they've both run multiple times and and i don't think they've ever won okay Um, one has been appointed because the seat was vacant until the election 
uh, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. uh, I had to think through that for a second. Um, and so, and I can't speak about the spouse because I don't. I what she wasn't on leadership at the time, right? Um, but the husband, I, I think he he has his convictions. Um, now we do not see eye to eye politically. Sure. Um, he he is he is very much different than what I am, and and he is okay with things that I'm not, uh, and likewise I'm okay with things he's not. Um, and I think if I'm honest about it, and I could be wrong, this is just my my interpretation. Um, I think he separates religion from everything else. So he has that sort of, you know, because I think there's two views about the separation of church and state, right? And mm-hmm. if you want the quick history lesson, although, yes, those words are not in the Constitution, Thomas Jefferson penned those words in a letter to the Danbury Connecticut Baptist Association because they were afraid Connecticut was going to outlaw Baptists and, and become, you know, have a, a state religion in Connecticut and Jefferson's words were that to them were that he assured them that there was truly a separation of church and state, right? And it was to keep the state out of church, not necessarily the way it's always been sold to us as keeping the church out of state, right? Though you figure the framers came from a place where there was a state religion and they saw, right, the only reason the colonies were created was because of religious persecution and they they got pushed out. From dealing with a state religion so i think there i think some people see that separation as they are two separate entities right that you don't mix religion church and state and you could balance them like leaving your work at the office and i i guess for me i don't know how you could be an active christian and be a politician and not have those things right because we should be looking to god for every decision we make yeah and i think that he has some interpretations in the bible that i don't agree with um and is okay with certain aspects of life and would would be pro certain aspects of life that I myself am very convicted that is not right. Gotcha. Um, and I, I'm tiptoeing around this. No, yeah, I'm not trying to um, like we don't know. I was just I curious. I don't want to throw I don't want to throw names out and I don't want to no, no, throw no. you know and I don't want to come across because uh, this this man I, I love. He I would consider him a dear friend um has has been there for my family and and i i think the world of him uh we just differ and i think he knows that we differ um and so I, and just from my viewpoint i think that he would use his christian faith to you know say that yeah we have to love everybody and we have to to be there for people and so when it comes to a social construct he is is more left because of that gotcha um but i do i think he i think he leaves his religion at the door of politics and i think i don't know that he leaves his politics at the door when it comes to religion if that makes sense oh i see sure i think i think the wrong side is influencing the wrong side um and again not to call him out or to say he's a bad person he's just a great dude great dude loves the lord um very knowledgeable of scripture um loves loves the lord but i um he just he goes about it a different way than what i would right 
And so, yeah, I think I don't, I don't know. Like if you, and again, I think it goes back to my statement earlier. Like we have to be intentional, right? If you're going to run for office as a Christian, it's going to be so much harder, right? Because let's, let's tackle the elephant in the room, right? Let's just run head first at this elephant. So it's tusk can run me through, um, the LGBTQ plus community. Right. If I'm going to run for office, I have to take my stand because that is a giant political issue right now. There's no whether it should be, whether it should or shouldn't be. I have to hold hold firm to my convictions and I can't be bought and I can't waver. Well, there's no medium. There's no middle in that issue. No, there's not. Um, And but and I I say you can't waver because if you waver on this, what else are you going to waver on? Right. So you can ask me my views and he let's let's go one step further. I have very close friends and I have very close family who identify in that community. I don't love them any different. Um some of those are, are the some of the most important people in my life, right? And I love them dearly regardless of that. They know where I stand. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's I don't think it's biblical. Right? But sometimes it's hard to hold a non-Christian to a Christian standard. Oh yeah, I I think that I don't think we can. I don't think we can hold oh, I, I a non-Christian to a Christian standard. But I also think on the flip side of that, um I'm I'm going to paraphrase something I said this morning. This is a Sunday we're recording this and my sermon is like isn't it do you do you see the irony in that we're while we're we're trying to reach the champions of tolerance, they are the most intolerant towards us. Right? Like we well, wait to just throw gasoline on the fire that I just caused. <laughs> That's my job. Should I do it in my NPR voice? Could you? Could you? <laughs> because that's even more ironic. Um, yeah. So, but I think if you, if, if I, let's, let's just, let's just throw it out there. If I were to run for, for Senate, right? State Senate of Kentucky, I want to be a Senator of the Commonwealth. Um, and that's going to be an issue because we have some bigger cities that, that really have uh, LGBTQ friendly policies. And then we have some really small towns that, that don't. Um, and so if they're going to be like, Andy, what is your viewpoint? And I waver on that stance my integrity and my my faith have been compromised because if you can get me to waver on that then what else can you get me to waver on well let me ask you this right because you are in the midst of a gubernatorial election right you have your incumbent with andy bashir Mm -hmm. is that his name who's sort of a a supposed moderate democrat and i believe you have a gentleman that's running against him who's like an attorney general or something like that He, he and both are professing believers Correct. Uh, I believe, I actually believe Andy, if I'm not mistaken, is a deacon in his church. But I think that, and and I haven't followed this closely, but I, and I don't know the other gentleman's name, but uh, the, Daniel Cameron. Okay, so if, if Cameron running against, uh, you know, running against the incumbent, and I believe he has a a more conservative side to the mm-hmm. issues, right? Yeah. What, how, what does that look like if you had a candidate in Kentucky now, knowing that? You know, 
people in Louisville, Bowling Green, the little bit I know about Kentucky, Lexington, stuff like that, right? They're going to tend to be more blue than Kentucky. Kentucky probably being a a a, a light red or even you know a, a dark purple state. You know, still not having you know having those. If you wanted to use the blue red metaphor, having those blue corridors, but what's it like in Kentucky for if if Cameron comes out and says marriage is between one biological man and one biological woman? There are only two genders. What's the state look like? What's the response? What is the media? How does the media react to that in Kentucky? So um, I don't have cable, and I don't. Yeah, me either. And I don't watch the local news. Now, I will read some uh, online, some of the local channels, um, and I will read some of the local uh, newspapers. Um, but I steer clear of most of the politics. Like, my news watching is for work. Um, now, I'll start watching the news a little more once we get full swing political. Um, but just looking at social media, because let's let's just go from a social media standpoint. Daniel Cameron comes out and says that he may have, he may already have. Um rural Kentucky, not gonna care. Sure. Uh da- Davis County, Kentucky, where I'm at, there's not gonna be a whole lot of buzz, right? Uh the Davis County is, is has some patches, but I think from what I've seen is still still pretty red. Um, and the region around us is red because it's rural farming uh, people. Uh, now it's the Lexingtons, the Louisvilles, the the Bowling Green, the Paducah. Um, they're going to be a little more left leaning. Uh, they're going to be a little more blue. Louisville, Lexington, going to be a lot more blue. Um, and there's going to be some outrage. Um, but I don't think it would be the amount of outrage that you would get if the mayor of Denver, Colorado came out and said that. Or right. let's go to let's go to the extreme. There's not gonna be the outrage that if the mayor of San Francisco sure. or the governor of California came out and said that. And I was I was curious because like, you know, where I live, everything lives and dies by Denver, right? And there's Denver's this I mean, it's not every community, but this huge I-25 front range corridor that if somebody if a, Chicago of, of Colorado to, for the most part. Right. But just instead of being at the top splits down the middle and then Colorado by itself, fairly rural state. Right. Still an agricultural state. I mean, the the ski towns, they've definitely gone blue. Um, and but they like in, in some of these states. Right. California is a prime example. The numbers live in that Denver corridor. So, you know, yeah. uh, 60 to two thirds, 60 percent to two thirds of the population live there. So everything falls that way. So if you were a, a politician and you came out like running for a state office like governor or something like that and came out and, and said, you know, marriage is between one man and a woman. Um, there are only two genders. You'd be labeled as a crackpot. But most of the state media, the state controlled media lives, is controlled by this corridor as well. So you're definitely written off as a crackpot, as a as a racist, a bigot, you know, homophobic, whatever, whatever title you would. And you have no room to. There's no room for you here. 
Right. And Kentucky is has been a weird state politically. Like we're a red state, but we have a bunch of Southern Democrats, right? Everybody I can yeah. remember as a as a kid, um, I say as a kid, it's at 18 I could register to vote. And so my 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 papa, we went to register for the first time. And they were like, What party do you identify as? And yeah. I was like, I I, I don't know. And so I looked at Peppa and I was like, what are we? He goes, we're Democrats. And I go, and you know, with what little knowledge that I had, I was like, I, I knew that didn't compute with a lot of my values. And I was like, why? And he said, because son, we're not, he goes, we're too poor to be Republican. You're not rich. Yeah. yeah, we're too poor to be Republican. So yeah. we registered Democrat, but we vote. And he told me, he's like, yeah, I'm registered Democrat, but I, I vote, I vote right. Yeah. And I go right wing and he goes, No, I just vote right. Whatever I vote is the right way to vote. Right, right. Um, and I and that's unfortunately that's too many people have that viewpoint, you know, left and right. I whatever I vote is the right way to vote. Yeah. Um and, and we veered off topic a little bit, but little all bit. that to, all that to say, like imagine that. Welcome to the dumpster. Um, hold on while I dump gasoline and Chad strikes a match. Um I'm sure that's going to hurt the environmentalist feelings. Maybe we should find a new new way to categorize us in a dumpster fire because then we're then we're attributing to climate change. So let me ask you this though: If a presidential candidate stepped on that stage, who and, and I don't care what side of the aisle, right? They could come neutral, and they were like, "I'm for a federal ban on abortion." Um, Jesus is Lord, right? Christ is Lord. There are two genders. I believe in, you know, every decision I'm, I'm going to make is I, I am going to uh, back it up with God's word and through prayer. And they stepped on that stage. What does that look like? So, well, let, let me, you get your match ready because I'm about to douse this thing. Because okay? the closest I see is Mike Pence and Mike Pence has the the personality of like, a vanilla pudding cup you got at school lunch. Can I just tell you um, before I give this answer that is gonna, I'm gonna get owned for. Um, I'm I kept waiting for the fly to come at the debate. Oh, the Mike Pence and, fly. Yeah, and land on his head again. Um, but I digress. So let's say the candidate got up and said that permanent ban on abortion. Um, you know, it's illegal, you go to jail, yada, 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 can be on my case live. Um, scripture this, Jesus that, and it's it's wholeheartedly true. Like, that excites me to an extent. I don't know that I am for a full-on federal ban on abortion. Okay. Now, what I did not say as you strike your second match was I am pro-choice. I am not pro-choice. I am very much pro-life. Womb to tomb, pro-life am I. Um, but constitutionally, I think abortion is a state's issue. And I think since we've struck down Roe v. Wade, and it's and it, so we shouldn't we shouldn't codify. Is that the right word? Shouldn't codify. That is Roe correct, v. Wade. sir. Okay, so we shouldn't codify Roe v. Wade as all the land. Uh, and we shouldn't codify and and demonize women who have or have had abortions. 
Um, it is a state's issue. So the Commonwealth of Kentucky should be able to decide whether or not we can have abortions here. The state of Indiana should be able to decide. The state of Colorado is wrong for what they've done, but they should get to decide. Um, so on and, and so forth. Um, again, not pro-choice. Very non, there should be no choice. You want a choice? Don't do the deed, right? That's your choice. Um, that That is the extent of my pro-choiceness. But I, I, it's not a, it's not a federal issue. It is a state's issue, mm. uh, and I feel like that on so many other issues. That uh, why are we wasting federal dollars? Because that's coming out of my paycheck. Um, why are we wasting those dollars that I'm giving you, fighting on a losing battle? Because here's the thing: I can come, I can come out and talk about how abortion is murder. Uh, and how it's uncalled for, and it's inhumane, and you should have made the choice beforehand, and then you're going to come at me with, what about this situation? How can you say that? Again, that's for behind the paywall for what I have to say to that. Um, but as Christians, we demonize people who have had abortions. And we oh, sure. Them, and we sure. and we make them feel like they are horrible people, and that they have done a horrible thing. No, they haven't done a great thing, let's be honest. But we start treating them like they are scum of the earth. Now, uh, I do believe we're all <laughs> pretty scummy and we need the, the righteous healing of Jesus. Uh, but that's not, that's not the point I'm getting at. The point I'm getting at is as a pro pro-life Christian, if I come at you and talk about how you're just scum of the earth, how is that beneficial to the kingdom? It's not. You're going to run as far away from that kingdom as you can get. And I have assisted in sending you to a fiery grave because regardless of what, you know, Pastor Billy Bob down the street and Uncle Joe up the road tell you, hell is a very real place. And if you've turned away from the Lord and you've turned away from the kingdom work, that's where we're headed. And so I've effectively helped send this person to hell because instead of loving them through one of the toughest choices that they've ever made, and instead of loving them and showing them Jesus, I've just told them that you're a murderer and you've killed a baby and how can you sleep at night? Well, my guess is the majority of people that have them, not all of them, some of them are pretty sick and twisted, but the majority of people that had them have felt... Um, cornered and like they didn't have a choice and didn't know what to do and so they made a poor choice and then we're gonna bash them for it it wasn't an easy choice for most of them to make and so we, we're gonna bash them for it and that that does more harm to the kingdom than anything else so you let your states decide and then you come along agencies like crisis pregnancy centers and and things of that sort and you start loving on people and helping them to see that abortion isn't the answer. Adoption is a great choice. Um, maybe there are programs that can help you get on your feet until you can get established and support your baby. Maybe the, 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 I'm going to use air quotes, man that helped you create this baby 
and you could work together and both of you grow up and raise this kid together if that's what you so choose right let's let's work on it through that way and let's get dirty because as christians i can assure you we don't like to get dirty most of the time we want the easy cupcake jobs where we can go sit in the break room and and mow down on tacos but no we need to put the taco down and we need to go get in the trenches and we just need to love people and let's let's do the legit kingdom work and if that means let's bring this full circle and then I'll shut up so you can talk before I light and douse anymore. Um, so let's get down and dirty and in the trenches and do the kingdom work. And if that means that we run for any sort of office, I'm for it. Go. But you better do it correctly. Because there are a lot of politicians in Washington and in Frankfurt and in Denver right now, who might claim to be Christian, but they're any any stone that we lay as a foundation for kingdom work, they're breaking apart. And we're doing a lot of a lot of political Christians are doing more to turn people to hell and send people to hell than they are laying groundwork for the kingdom. Mm. And so, uh, Mr. Moderator, I yield my time. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say this: you're 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 spot on with, uh, um, you know. I'll just say this: if you've had an abortion, taken part in an abortion, and not just abortion, but since that's the topic that we moved to, um, if you've had any hand in having an abortion, providing an abortion, paying for abortion, whatever it is, um, you can repent and give those, give those to Christ and you could rest at his feet. Um, it isn't an unforgivable sin by any means. And if you are burdened and it feels like a millstone around your neck, um, you can lay that at Christ's feet and come to him and get rest and have those things lifted from you. You don't need to carry the guilt and shame with that. And if you're, if your church, your pastor, your folks won't give that to you, um, find a place where you can, not that they'll condone it, but to know that you are forgiven. You can be forgiven if you repent and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay. I lied. I'm not done. Here we go. Let me just jump back in on that one. Um, and and remember, as as Christians, somehow we've started this system of ranking sin, right? Well, and, human that's human nature. Uh, yeah, because yeah, we it, look at it. It is because you look, look at, at it from the a judicial, judicial system. Yeah, yeah. And so I I just want to point out that okay, you've had an abortion. That's no worse than me looking at another woman and lusting. Okay, that's no worse than my you know than my oldest walking into the store and pocketing a thing of football cards in the, in the sight of the lord okay let's go that route um in the eyes of the lord it's no different and so when we say forgiven it's not a oh my god look what you've done you need to be forgiven it's just it is what it is right there's no condemnation on our part on us 
we're not street preachers who are trying to guilt you. Repent and be saved, you whore. Right? Because like, and, and I say that almost in jest because there was a street preacher that came to the college that I went to uh, here in Kentucky and he called every woman walking up and down the street a whore. Why? Because they weren't wearing long pants. Hmm. Somehow that's a sin. So, you know, rep- repenting of sin, your sin is no no worse than my sin and Chad's sin. Right? It's just, it's not. Uh, and if you look at Paul, Paul says it himself, like he was the chief sinner. I mean, there are days that I definitely feel like, hey, I got you beat there, buddy. I may not beat Paul at anything, but I will beat him at sin. Um, and that's not something I'm proud of. I'd much rather beat him at Uno. But you think they play Uno in heaven, by the way? I hope not. Like, you think I could just walk in and be like, hey, Moses, Paul, John, Jesus. Like, I don't I don't want to play Uno with Jesus because I, I feel like he wins all the time. But I think, I hope there's Uno in heaven. There's dice games because they cast lots. It's phase 10. Phase 10 is what they're playing in heaven. Look, look, I love me some phase 10. Well, now that we've digressed. But I hope there's Uno in phase 10 in heaven. That's a podcast coming up card games in heaven maybe i'm thinking we can have a debate podcast because like this is an issue that we are definitely on polar opposites because i i am a complete abolitionist no abortion oh oh, because i am a complete abolitionist uno also i'm not a fan i am not a fan of games so you're never going to sell me on games i'm working so here's the deal okay you're a complete abolitionist do would I love it to be abolished and not be a thing? Oh, absolutely, yes. I know. You absolutely, uh, in no way, shape, or form. And at one point, um, in in my younger years, I said, "Well, you know, if the child has serious defects uh, or was a product of rape, um, something to that effect, uh, maybe at, at some point in my life, I thought that okay, abortion is fine." And then it hit me like with those with those parameters and, and what I you know what was known about me when I was conceived like oh I I should have been aborted by those terms uh, and when I when I thought about that I quickly changed my viewpoint um, <laughs> we're gonna be real honest just changed it just like that when I thought about it um, so yeah would I like for it to be completely gone absolutely uh, and I think kingdom work wise like it probably should be. Um, but I think constitutionally, I just it's a state issue, uh, and and we've got to stop as Christians. Um, we've got to stop trying to have that fight on a federal level. I'll have that fight all day long at the Commonwealth. Like I'll meet you in Frankfurt. You have your picket sign. I'll have my picket sign. We'll pick it together. Probably on opposite ends, but we'll pick it. Build a nice little picket fence, but. I just wanted to see how many times I could say picket in 15 seconds. How many seconds. times Sorry. you could say picket? But, you know, picket or no picket, like it's a, I, I just feel like it's a state's issue. And so, you know, if you want to abolish it in Colorado, great, do it. I would love to see it abolished in Kentucky. Uh, our friends and listeners from 
uh, around the states, wherever you are. Um, and I can't remember exactly the last time I saw it where you were from. Um, I know we have a few in Kentucky. I think we have some in Ohio. I think we have some in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, Colorado. You know, you guys want to see it abolished there? Sweet. Do it. But I think it's a, a fight on a national level. Nobody wins. Because we all come out looking like turds. And nobody wants a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> that is I, the most, that's the most youth, youth pastry thing I've said today. I, I think you get, I think you win. I think you get the last word with that. <laughs> hey, honey, what'd you learn on the hillbilly and the hipster? Nobody wants a turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> Well, you got to stop listening to that junk. That just sounds like a dumpster fire. Newsflash, we are. <laughs> well, you get the show. <laughs> well, those of you who've been waiting for this episode, you may think twice. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to connect with us, check us out on Twitter, or I guess it's X. It's been a while. On 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 the for, the app formerly known as Twitter, you yeah. like Prince? Is it ever going to come back? So it could be the artist formerly known as the artist formerly known as Twitter, yeah. or the platform. Eventually, it's going to come around, and people are just going to keep calling it Twitter. Um, but our handle is at HillHipsterPod. You can email us at HillHipsterPod at gmail dot com. Um, hit us up on the Gmail, as someone once said. And uh, I don't know what idiot said that. Check out. Check out St. Galgano Armory. They're on Twitter and Instagram at St. Galgano and check out their shop on Etsy, etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And look, I don't know if I have the liberty to say what I'm about to say, but since I am a uh, co-host of the show, I'm going to take whatever liberties I want right now. I've, because I've got, I've got my lighter. Um. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger. So, so Chadwick, if you want to say the last thing you're going to say, and then I'm going to say this, and then we'll say goodbye. So you got anything else you want to add? I'm going to just say this, whatever you think about politics, uh, whether you're going to run for it, vote for candidates, whatever, just heed the words of Jesus and go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And remember, not only is the Lord with you, he is for you. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to take that, which was the most serious way to end this show. And I'm just going to do a U-turn and end it in my way. So here in a couple weeks, we have a, a very special Wait. thing happening. I'm cliffhanging it. So we're not telling you what it is, but here in a few weeks, there's going to be something awesome that happens. Um, at least we think it's awesome. And we're hoping that you will think it's awesome and we'll have more information on that. But just uh, just be praying uh, over the next couple weeks for what's going to happen. Um, and for what could possibly happen in the future with our dumpster fire of a show. So we have, we have things in the, in, we have irons in the oven or the fire or whatever in the forge, Keith, whatever Keith calls his fiery furnace. Um, I'm just going to refer to it as a fiery furnace from now on. Um, but we've got some, some I'm different to call it shield. <laughs> 
and back to the fire. But yeah, we've got some different irons in the shield um, and some things that are coming up for us. So we're excited and we hope that you'll uh, and, and wait with a excitement and anticipation uh, to see what those are. And we will keep you updated. But just just so you know, big things are coming. Big dun 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 dun. That's right. See, every just... time I do that, I just want to morph into the Simpsons theme song. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Well, I think I'm gonna try a new close a new closing. Remember, hell is real, hell is hot, repent and believe. And just think the heat wave that was over the Midwest, if that was too much for you, hell so much hotter. <laughs> Have a good night. Be blessed. Deuces. Where's the record button to stop it? Thank you.